Hello and welcome to Pedagodzilla, the pedagogic podcast with the pop culture core. Uh, we are live on location at the Playful Learning Conference and I am, as ever, your host, Mike. Hello! Uh, I'm a learning designer at the Open University in Potters in Jeremy Carnot and a man with a whole sack of microphones and a box of microphones and a bag full of laptops and a packet of crisps on, on top of a jacket. It's a bit of a mess around me, to be perfectly honest. I've made a state of the place, I apologise. And joining me, we have... I'm Nick Witten. I'm co-chair of the Playful Learning Conference and director of the Centre for Academic Development at Durham University. So, Nick, can you please tell me about a game that you are passionate about? I can, because it's a game and a crush, um, and it's Monkey Island, and this shows my age, and this was my favourite video game from about, I think I got it in 1990, and it's about, you play a pirate, Guybrush Threepwood, who's a, yeah, who's a pirate, I mean, what more do you need, and I'd, I was grew up in the in the eighties, and I had my Spectrum, and I liked playing adventure games, and I played things like The Hobbit, and you know these text adventures, and you'd play them for hours and hours and hours, and then the computer would crash, or you'd get kicked <laughs> out, and it was just super annoying. And Monkey Island was amazing because a it was graphical, it was really funny, it was about pirates, but also you couldn't die in it. Well, actually, the only way you can die in it is if you go down to the bottom of the river and you wait there for literally twenty minutes during the game. And you can die. But no, but you wouldn't do. Yeah. But it's stupid. You know, there's chickens with police through the middle and doing stupid things. And it's just funny. And you can't. And it's puzzles. And unlike Alex, I hate playing games with other people. I'd much rather just play it on my own with my computer. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's all the good things. I, I, I you know, I've never played Monkey Island, which is... You have to play Monkey Island. I, it's, it's terrible. I'm so bad at the old point-and-click adventures. Like, I have Grim Fandango downloaded, needs playing. Just, it, yeah, no competition. Monkey Island, it's it's very slow now, because I've been trying to play it with my kids, and they're just like, what's this about? Why? Oh, it's all... And because it's... It, particularly Monkey Island, I think it's... There isn't even any sound to it other than, like, 8-bit sound. And everything comes up in these ASCII-type characters. Oh, it's really slow, but it's still awesome. <laughs> so taking a step back from games for a moment to thinking about your learning and teaching practice. So what is, you know, what's what's your learning and teaching day job? What's your what's your practice? What's your thing? I don't do very much nowadays. I, I guess, like... Alex. Apologies to Nick's employers. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of kick back, put my feet on, and then get other people to do the work for me. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you probably want to ask Mark about that. <laughs> um, so, again, I've got an institutional role. So one of the things I'm really interested in is how we rethink teaching, learning, and assessment, uh, particularly assessment. Um, and, again, that kind of ties back to games because I'm really interested in how games assess people in ways that are meaningful and interesting and and again i talked before about mistake making and how they let you make mistakes and make mistakes till you reach a level of competency that allows you to achieve in the game without actually going oh here's an assessment and it's really boring and it's going to test all the things that you learned in the game through a multiple choice quiz and it's actually where you learn by doing it and then when you get better at it you achieve the game and then you can go on to another level and if Actually, if education was much more like that, kind of levelling up and competency and doing assessments that were meaningful at the times were appropriate to do them, then wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. So, I mean, if anything, you're 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 pris, you're pris, 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 getting ahead, getting ahead of me. No, you're 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 one step ahead of me, which is basically going to ask 
where if you see an intersect between the characteristics that you described for Monkey Island and your and your practice. So some of the themes that sort of identified there were around the humor, the playfulness, and the safety as well. Actually, the safe element to it, um, and possibly just that you know that little bit of uh, individual focus that you can do outside of uh, a wider group thing. So, do you see that reflected at all in your own approach to learning and teaching in your own practice? Definitely. I think when it comes to assessment, it's about giving people opportunities to do things in different ways. Because again, what I like about Monkey Island is that there's there's lots of different routes to doing the same things. You don't have to do it the same as everyone else. And while I've said that I do like to do it on my own, I also like to play games with other people who are playing the same games at the same time. So in the, in the 90s, I used to play it I was at university and my mum had a computer at home. So we'd like both get stuck and then we'd have a, we'd, we'd talk on the telephone from the call box in my whole residence. And then we'd discuss where we were and what we were stuck at. So we'd give each other clues, but the actual playing was on our own. And I just like that model of giving sort of independence and autonomy to trying things out and getting stuck and really getting stuck. Because again, this was way before the internet. So you couldn't, you couldn't Google, you just have to work out a way to do it. And actually I think in a way, my problem with some games now is it's too easy to Google the answer. Hmm. And there's something really nice about just getting started. I remember there's a spitting contest and you had to, to get level three of spitting and you had, to, to do, you had to do it when the flag was flying so the wind was going and you had to make your saliva extra juicy by eating something else. There were three things and you had to get all three together and then you'd win the spitting contest. And I spent literally months with me and my mum going, oh, we could try this, try this. And when we got it, it was just amazing. Like the, And I remember I was home for the holidays and we had it on and we were like, we've got that and we've got that. And it was like... Oh, I can't remember now what the third thing was, but it was that sense of we did it. But at no point had we ever kind of got kicked back to the start or were we ever giving up. But it was, we done it. We couldn't, we, we won the spitting contest and that was cool. I just want to say that I personally find the old point and click bizarre logic chains unbelievably frustrating sometimes. Big fan of the Sam and Max games. Oh, yes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's that thing of like, oh, why didn't you put the banana on top of the dog's head? And you're like, so what? I was just supposed to put the banana on top of but things. But the thing about Monkey Island is that everything's entirely logical mm. once you've done it. And you kind of, every single bit of it, you could have worked it out. Uh. And, and should, well, I, I, I did it. I mean, it took a long time. I had to rely on my mother, which I, I kind of forgive her for now. But um, it, it's you, you, when you got stuck, you got stuck. And there was a logic to it. I think there are point and click games where it is just random. And that's not, so maybe that's another learning principle that actually making things hard, but sensible and logical. Yeah, that's what, yeah, logical, fair, scaffolded. Fair, absolutely. Yeah, signposted, I suppose. Yes, but not too signposted. Oh, there's a whole separate discussion, I think, about signposting and not too much signposting. And actually, again, linking into that chat earlier on the keynote about the, oh, you know, the, the challenge, the challenge that's either a ramp with a gentle gradient or a challenge that's a sheer wall six yes. miles high yep. um, and how it can be the same thing but for two different people anyway that's all oh, oh we can go on about that all day but we've <laughs> we've gone through our sand um okay so just to wrap things up do would you say that games have influenced your learning and teaching practice yes i was a gamer before i was a teacher so and i was lucky enough to get a studentship to do a phd and I basically sat down and went, what can I do a PhD in for six years? Because I was doing it part-time. And I figured the only thing I could work out that I liked enough was video games. So because of that, I ended up becoming a teacher that was influenced by video games rather than the other way around. Love it. Absolutely love it. Nick, thank you so much for sharing the game that you're, 
I say the game. It sounds like it's not the only game. But you have I, to go and play Monkey Island. I, I will. I will. I, I think I can download it on my phone or something. No, but it is on good old games. Well, guess who's got a Steam Deck coming? Yeah. It'll be ready for me when I get home for Playful Learning. Then first game. Thinking of it now, to be honest. And play it in the old pixelated version, not the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, model, the art for the new one looks a bit weird. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so thank you very much for sharing the... Uh, Showing you and and just yeah, telling us about your practice. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter at Nick Whitten, N I C W H I T T O N. Well, thanks very much. Uh, this is Mike signing off at the Playful Learning Conference. Bye bye now. Bye bye.